Do we see at Groundswell this year, the 26th and 27th of June, close to London, UK? Many friends of the podcast will be there. John Kempf, Abby Rose, Benedict Berzo, Henry Dimbleby, Claire Hill, Russ Carrington, Andy Cato, Tim Coates, and many, many more. See you there. Welcome to Investing in Regenerative Agriculture and Food. This is a special dedicated series on transition finance. Why are we recording this series? Many farmers are ready to speed up their regenerative transition. They've looked for learning, done the courses, read the key books, hosted the gurus on their farms, explored farm size regenerative designs, and most importantly, started their pilots and feedback loops. This is where transition finance is key. A local bank loan often isn't feasible because of the short duration, lack of flexibility, and the farmer's lack of collateral. Furthermore, there's a limit of how much equity a farmer is able or willing to give away. That is why my co-host, aspiring to be regenerative farmer, Benedict Bösel, and I are embarking on a journey to find out what are the key principles of transition finance for regenerative farmers. We are interviewing leading practitioners in the regenerative agriculture and food finance space. They share their insights how they would finance the speed up of the regenerative transition on Benedict's 1,000 hectares, which is almost 2,500 acres, farm in Germany close to Berlin. This is an open process. We are sharing our lessons through the podcast episodes as we go along. We don't have the answers yet, just a lot of questions. So please share with us any examples of transition finance you've seen, other inspiration, people to interview, etc. Get in touch via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. That is investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. So welcome to the podcast show, Benedict. I'm so excited to have you as, as my co-host on this journey. We're going to start with many interesting episodes and learn, I think, a lot on transition finance. So welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, glad to be here. Um, I think, you know, we have uh, so many things to discuss and I'm really interested to see where, where the journey leads us. And, and can you start with giving a small introduction? I mean, I know you, I feel pretty well, but obviously the audience doesn't. If who you are and, and what made you take over a gigantic farm, which, which we'll completely explore in the next episodes in Germany, who's Benedict Bösel? <laughs> That's a good. If I would always know that, um, I, you know, I think that would help me already uh, quite a bit. Um, so basically, I was born in Munich and lived there for the first couple of years of my life. But we always went to the countryside on the weekends, and pretty much all I remember is actually playing on my own, um, you know, in the mud, in the forest, running around, being on my own, being free in in, in the nature. Having two older sisters probably is, is part of that equation. But you so, want to escape every now and then. Yeah. yeah, I think you kind of have to, especially in that age. And growing up, it was uh, quite similar. We moved to the middle of Germany in the Rhineland, where we also lived on the countryside. So for me, uh, you know, in the especially in the first couple of years, it was always about being outside, hunting, fishing, you know, just being a boy in, in the open, so to say. So my connection to nature is really, uh, yeah, from a very young age, I guess. Um, and I was always fascinated by all different animals and species and, and you know, all the complex systems and, and that real life you can experience um, when you're outside. But you didn't, I mean, you didn't 
turn into a farmer immediately. You didn't study biology or you went to farming school, but you turned into uh, an investment banking career. That's quite a quite a shift. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was actually quite the opposite. I mean, although having grown up like that and, and totally focused on, uh, on nature, when I was in the age of, let's say, 18, 19, 20, the idea of being a farmer was not that compelling to me, quite the opposite. You know, I was looking at the whole banking industry and investment banking. And I remember when we like young kids starting to go out, you know, we were always telling telling the girls, yeah, we are an investment banker and we study on the LSE in London and so forth. <laughs> and, and we, I think, you know, I kind of bought into that because obviously having that that cool banking, um, a lot of money idea and, and career, that was, yeah, something I thought was, you know, interesting in a way and, and could be a career. So that's really how I got into that. And I think at that time, I wasn't, let's say, I didn't reflect as much as, as you do when you get older, naturally. So when I started in investment banking, we pretty much had the top phase, 2006. Then we had the financial crisis, 2007. And that's really, you know, when I started thinking about that whole process and idea and the kind of the value and the meaning that you can actually achieve in that industry. And I mean, seeing how this uh, yeah, strong system of, of I don't know, that, that strong financial system suddenly basically collapses into it, uh, yeah, collapses. Um, and to see... So basically you started at, at the absolute height of the wave, basically, and then the absolute depth came, like the strongest financial crisis since the, the Great Depression basically followed immediately after. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as a 22-year-old, you know, your view on those kind of things are obviously quite different and seeing that immediate reaction and then seeing your cool managing directors sitting in their offices and crying and you knew okay they have like two three different children they have huge investment annuity costs that they have to cover and suddenly you know they all don't have any jobs anymore that really started a, a certain at least emotional process with me and I mean that's I think that was really the time where I kind of you know, after two, three years in investment banking, I started looking at, right, like, that's not your way. I mean, you know, I was like thinking about how can I really find, you know, what I'm supposed to do. And having grown up in nature, having had that strong connection all my life to, let's say, natural, the natural world, I was thinking, okay, you know, this is like an area where we will have increasingly more problems and fundamental problems. And having seen how that crisis hit that the, the industry and what huge effect that had on, on livelihoods from people all over the world, I thought, you know, as much as this is bad, you know, you have to turn your talents and, and your focus onto something that is actually good. So that brought me back to, you know, the, the, the question of, you know, how can you contribute? How can you bring your talent to an area where it really matters? And naturally, let's say, nature and resources and those processes were my strongest focus, I guess. And that led you to start focusing more on environmental technologies and, and ag tech. How did that happen? How did you roll into that? What were exciting moments you, you remember? I mean, still you're involved in ag tech, but very soil focused. But let's say before you took over the farm, what was your focus? Well, I mean, basically, partly through my history, right? So I had all that, let's say, 
financial knowledge and experience from the university than, than working uh, in uh, mergers and acquisitions with a bank. After that, having done some restructuring, I knew that, you know, that is a kind of skill set and an instrument that could be quite beneficial. And I didn't want to move, you know, too far away from that. So I, I was looking for some situation where I can bring that in, but also, you know, move towards uh, things where my passion lies. So that being, let's say, resources and, and land use. And so I was between those two, having the financial side on one hand and, you know, that new kind of way of, and, and vision of, of getting active in, in the natural world, so to say. And then I was, you know, screening basically on a worldwide scale, you know, how can you combine the two? How, what can you de de derive from that? How can you develop that somehow? And obviously I looked, looked uh, towards uh, uh, the US and that was a time where you had like the first couple of startups in the ag space and you had, um, uh, you had uh, VCs like Cultivian, uh, Antera was already doing their first fund. Um, Avrio was there also. But there was no ag funder. There was like the structure, the ag tech structure as we know today wasn't yet at, at all actually developed. But seeing that, like that idea of innovation, technological, digital innovation in the agricultural space, I immediately thought, okay, wow, I mean, this is it. This is exactly what we need. Uh, we can only solve those huge problems through innovation and obviously technology and, and uh, digitalization, um, obviously being a huge potential to that. So after I kind of, I guess, I mean, found that or, or understood that, well, like understood that incredible potential, I wrote, let's say, a pitch, so to say, and started connecting and, and contacting and, and meeting all the large German agriculture companies, potential investors. I looked for startups in the space. I reached out to universities. Um, I started talking to different politicians and basically went around saying, guys, um, look, there is something happening here there is innovation uh, being developed there is in incredible potential and we we need to be part of that and um i mean going to a very traditional um, often also family run company focused on agricultural equipment and telling them about venture capital and and investing into uh, <laughs> must be an interesting experience <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> tech innovation I mean, you know, I think those guys, they were always, you know, checking underneath the, the table if I'm wearing shoes from made of wood or something, because that was just not on the cards. So they, they were never, they never heard of it. They never thought about that. Like even the pronunciation of startup is, is something that they took like three, uh, three appointments to, to get, <laughs> to get going. Um, so basically, I think, That was like the first time that, that we, you know, tried to develop those kind of ideas. But you could immediately see that if you come as a 25, 26-year-old, you want to raise a fund, uh, invest in ag tech startups after the biotech bubble, having no track record, I mean, that's just not a very good selling point, right? I mean, I wouldn't give anyone money who, who would be in that position. So during that phase, I met someone who just raised um, or started a venture capital corporate venture capital fund uh, with Billfinger. And Billfinger is also uh, quite a traditional company in, in different manufacturing and engineering processes. And because of their capability in, in water and garbage and renewable energy technologies, they were already quite close to AgTech, let's say. So I started working with them, looking at, at the market in a, in a, I guess, in a similar way. 
but then they had some serious problems with regards to revenue forecasts and the share price fell from 84 to 40 something which i think was the first in, in german history to go down that badly so obviously in those kind of situations venture capital is is one of the things the last that, thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly i mean uh, having to uh, lay off 4000 people and then telling someone that you'll invest into a startup um, i think it's it's also a difficult one but that was a, a time for me that Obviously, I was very involved in the whole market of agriculture startups in Germany. I spoke to, you know, many of the associations that, that have some connection to farming. Um, I did various um, talks and speeches at, at political institutes and, and political, like for the government. And what I realized that, you know, all of those technologies, all of the problems, all of the, let's say, underlying fundamentals all of that, let's say, complexity was just overwhelming, right? So I really had that strong feeling that in order to develop the market, to develop that idea, to produce technologies, to help startups also find solutions, you need people who are on the ground and you need people who are on the ground and at the same time open and willing and able to speak to all different interest groups, right? I mean, you, you got to be able to talk to an ecological farmer and a conventional farmer. You got to be able to talk to people who are from the conservation side. You're going to talk to large corporates um, like Bayer, for example. You got to be able to talk to, or not only able but willing to, uh, the politicians because we can't solve those kind of problems on our own. No one can. It always has to be a sort of interdisciplinary, multi multifunctional group of actors and different actors coming together and saying okay let's do this let's solve this thing and this thing for you also if i understand and remember correctly slowly more and more and more it started to click like this thing starts with soil like it starts and ends probably with, with soil and was it a realization that you always had or was it something that over these many talks you did, many conversations you had, many companies and startups you looked at, and, and also obviously many farms you visited. And you spend, I'm imagining also time on, on the farms of the farm of your parents. That soil moment, was there a soil moment? Was it a soil process? How did that grow? Our friends at Planetary Evergreen Impact Ventures are looking for a fund director and a senior investment manager. And you get to work with friend of the show, Thomas Hogenhaven. Listen to our conversation with Thomas below and find out more on the positions at planetary.dk. That's planetary delta kilo. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that, that's a really good question. I guess there was two moments that kind of came together. There was a soul moment and there was a, a me, myself and I moment, I guess. But so... Uh, after it's, deciding, it's already so a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think they're pretty much the same. But um, after starting, uh, oh, I took over the family farm in uh, December 2016. And obviously, coming from let's say the technology side, I was deeply, you know, interested and fascinated by the whole potential of let's say technology and, and digitalization. And I thought, you know, innovation is key. So basically, we're we're situated one hour east of Berlin and. What is very special about the place is the combination of incredibly low precipitation and sandy soil. So um, as far as the precipitation is concerned, we have a 10-year average of around 450 millimeters, uh, whereas the last two years are around 200 to 300 millimeters per year. 
and then the soil at, at the same time is, is very sandy. So uh, we have about between 1.1 and 1.5% organic matter. And that combination obviously is incredibly challenging for, for growing. Yeah, I mean, for growing anything really. So, yeah, I was I was thinking I was specifying it, but I mean, it comes out to comes down to it that you know, uh, even a cactus needs some water. So, um, so basically, I came from the the technology side and thought you know, innovation is key. Technology, technological innovation is key, and I was in in contact um, with a couple of large um, agriculture equipment manufacturers saying like, let's have a Let's have an example of a farm, an ecological farm, 1,000 hectares, where we completely bring in all the technology that we have, all the digital processes, and it's it's one hour east of Berlin. You know, we can have a, you know, have this this place where people come together, potential buyers, customers, we'll do events and just show what we actually can do already through through technology and through that process. You know, I was like sitting in my office, looking outside and thinking wow, it, it's not raining and, you know, it, it continues to not rain. And I'm thinking, I'm reading about, you know, satellite and drones and this and here and, and forth. And I was like, wow, it's, it, I mean, like the reality of what I'll see when I look out of the window versus the theory of, of technology and instruments that I have on the on this contract lying before me, it just has nothing to do with it, with each other. It one the one thing outside with you know the thing that I'm considering in the office, there is a huge discrepancy between the two when it comes to actual, let's say, um, applicability, practicality. Um, yeah. Practicality, yeah. I mean, exactly. So I stopped all of that and said, okay, this this can't be the solution. And and I thought, okay, so what is the by far most important asset, and what is like the thing I have to put all my focus on and then that's exactly where where the soil moment uh, uh, really started because i was like okay i mean this is the key i mean soil for us build soil organic matter grow healthy soil build soil fertility and that being said i mean it's it's the soil biology the physics chemistry i mean so many things coming together if i manage to build that then that is the key for for any challenge that that there might come and i mean there's going to come very many right and then all kinds of technologies and all kinds of ag tech etc will be extremely useful if focused on building soil exactly and, i mean uh, your soil moment yeah yeah i mean i think you know i don't want to sound like I, I don't think technology or digitalization is is not going to help us i think the potential is incredible but it has to start from the soil and what I see today in, in many, many, many cases, especially in agriculture, is that all the technology, all the digital products that we have, they always try to fight a certain problem, you know. But I think what we do in order to restore soil, in order to, you know, find agricultural land use models that actually grow the soil and, and enhance biodiversity, is not fight the outcomes or fight the problems but maybe take a step back and think about the root causes of the problems and how we can actually change the root causes of the problems using nature, like in line with nature. And I think that was then, so to say, my moment, um, first realizing that, you know, the focus has to be soil and then realizing that, you know, there's 
very different methods of doing agriculture, of thinking agriculture, of understanding agriculture, and that, you know, being inspired by, you know, all, all the legends, obviously, that we all know and, and the books that we all read, you know, starting from Alan Savory, uh, Gabe Brown, Joel Zalatin, um, Ernst Goetsch from Brazil, Elaine Ingham, understanding what these guys, you know, have been doing for 20, 30 years, which amazing ways of yeah working with nature can help us in such a um yeah i mean practical way yeah practical and, amazing amazing way and, and um, not taking away from i think the, the potential of technology and the potential of machinery and the potential of software and etc but the goals of the system have to be right in this case does it help farmers build soil at scale or does it enable farmers to do it faster or does it enable someone like you to actually make other choices and, and other uh, choices that you otherwise wouldn't have made is, is technology actually enabling you to do more exactly i mean i think today as of now we all like there's on, on the one side you know there's people who are pushing obviously the developments of technology and let's say in, in a in a way that you know we we see agriculture being done on on a huge scale at the moment and then on, on the other side uh, if there is sides but uh, then there's this area uh, the, this other group that is you know focused on let's say nature-based solutions multifunctional land use models regenerative uh, farming methods and i think the combination of the two which is already here and there on a, on a, on a small level maybe already happening but i think once we bring those two groups together or that those two lines of thought i think this is when when agriculture will be just fascinating and in like incredibly let's say helping that, that whole yeah. yeah rewarding not only for the farmer but also on a let's say on on a on a, on a wider scale um, because if you ask me you know farming in my belief is is by far the biggest instrument that we have for for many of the the big problems that we see today and i mean we are talking about obviously co2 sequestration but we are also talking about health i mean that is one of the main parts um, food as medicine we're talking about inequality we're talking about rural development we're talking about education i mean and this is i think all in like not how do you say it like This is all so strongly connected to the question of how we treat nature, how we use nature in a way that um, we can actually enhance it and make it better. And having that regenerative idea of land use, I think, yeah, it's something that we've already seen picking up so much in, in just the last couple of years. But I think it's going to be the main thing that we'll be talking about and not only in the agricultural space, but I think it will actually leapfrog into other industries which we can already see and i think that is that is incredible because you know that kind of concept coming out of agriculture into other industries is um yeah is, is the way it should be i guess yeah and i think it, it would be fascinating in this series because this is not the last time we'll be discussing we're definitely going to focus on transition finance and, and obviously on the farm you took over and we're going to discuss that a bit later but It touches upon so many other things. It touches on ecosystem services, on land ownership, on healthcare, on CO2, on what I mean there and, and we're not gonna shy away from that. So I'm very excited to to really dive deep in, in into this case and to really see where we can get with these models. 
Thank you for listening to this episode, which is part of the Transition Finance series, trying to find appropriate transition finance to speed up regenerative agriculture on farms. For feedback, ideas, suggestions, please contact us through Twitter or via the contact page on the website, investinginregenerativeagriculture.com. Please share this episode with a friend and give us a five-star rating, which really helps others to find the podcast. All the episodes of the series can be found on the website and in your podcast app. Thank you and see you next time.